0: Are you sick and tired of not sticking to the resolutions that you set every single year? All right, come on. I know that you're totally over the fact that every year on December 31st, you write down a list of things that you're going to stick to, and then before you know it, it's the next year, and you're sitting down, writing down the exact same things all over again because you just didn't stick to them and you let them fall off, and now you're back to square one. Yeah. That was me for years and years and years so i decided to make it my goal to come up with the best new year's planning strategy ever known to man and womankind and i have been able to successfully Stick to every single commitment that I've made with myself for the past couple of years with this blueprint that I mapped out. It is a three-part blueprint called the Best Year Blueprint. It is a no-resolutions-necessary strategy to mapping out the best year of your life, and it works. How do I know it works? Because I'm the guinea pig, and I've used it for the past couple of years, and I've accomplished everything that I said that I would do. And more. So what's this mean to you? Well, it's really, really good news because I've actually created a totally free guide and a video where I'm explaining my three-part Best Year Blueprint so that you can go and use this strategy to create the best year of your life too. So all you have to do to go get the free guide and the video is go to thebestyearblueprint.com. I'll put it in the show notes, but it's thebestyearblueprint.com. Go to that link and download your free guide. And then after you download it, there's gonna be a special invitation to you to join me for my pre New Year's planning party where we're all gonna get on Zoom and do our best year blueprint strategy together. So, I mean, my gosh, you don't wanna miss this. If you're somebody that loves goal setting and actually wants to stick to your goals this year, you definitely wanna join me for my pre party where we will do our best year blueprints together. So, In order to sign up and download your free guide, free video of The Best Year Blueprint, go to thebestyearblueprint.com. Can't wait to celebrate the very best year with you ever of all time. If I could give any advice to people in a relationship in work and in love is that you need to be your person's biggest fan. The number one president of the fan club and where they shine you need to lift them up and let them shine their light really really bright and support them with every ounce of your being and I think that that's so special and it could be so magical to work with your partner in business because you have like your best friend and your number one fan supporting you and as long as like you know that person always has your back and supports you in in whatever your dreams and endeavors are and will just always be your number one then it's a lot easier to be confident when you know that your partner is supporting you no matter what, and they're your biggest fan. What if today was the day that you dared yourself to do what you've always wanted? Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. I'm your host, Jen Gottlieb, and together we're going to step outside of our comfort zones and into our best lives one dare at a time. So come on. I Dare You to dive right on in. Hey, fam. Welcome back to the I Dare You podcast. This is a really special episode because we're coming to you from a car, and I'm not in cars often because I'm a New Yorker. And so if I'm ever in a car, it's an Uber and I'm in an Uber right now or a taxi, but we had to do a little road trip today for a business thing. And so I decided to hijack my fiance slash will be my husband in a few days, Chris Winfield. And he's sitting next to me and I'm like, why don't we do a podcast from the car? We have an hour. Let's do it. And he agreed. I'm so lucky. Hi, Chris. Hi.
1: What's up?
0: So I wish you could see the visual right now. We're literally sitting in the back of this car holding our little mini mics, sitting on each end of the car having a conversation. But I love that it would, this is just so better done than perfect. So I'm like, Chris, what do you want to talk about? He's like, I don't know. Just press record and we'll talk
1: exactly (laughs) no one needs a plan
0: so yes we're getting married if you've been following along at all with my story if you haven't i'm just gonna let you know chris and i met five years ago yesterday november 29th and we are finally tying the knot and getting hitched our wedding is december 9th but we we went to the courthouse yesterday and we thought we were getting married at the courthouse yesterday but it turns out we were
1: legally married
0: legally married like because you have to get a wedding certificate or like a a license and then you have to get like the legal stuff done so we got all dressed up and thought we were going to go get legally married yesterday we
1: didn't get dressed up to go get legally married we we were going out after
0: yeah, yeah, but we and we're definitely,
1: gonna do pictures.
0: Yeah, so we go and we got all dressed up. But okay, it was also our five year anniversary, right. so Chris did plan a special surprise for me afterwards. Two surprises, so sweet. Two surprises after. But anyways, so we go to get our marriage license or our legally get legally married. We thought we were gonna be legally married yesterday, and turns out we only got the license, and we're not legally married until somebody certified in New York. But can
1: this guy's married. coming with his wife on Sunday to marry us in person.
0: can you explain to people how you found this person
1: there's a app called thumbtack and you can basically find someone to do anything obviously and i just went to the app and i just put in i don't know even know like wedding officiant or something and it asked all these questions like do you need him at the rehearsals (laughs) do you need this i was like we just need him to come and marry us and then he's bringing his wife as a witness
0: At our apartment. So we'll get to get married. Our our real wedding will be on Sunday in sweatpants
1: with our dogs. Oh, no. I'm getting all dressed up. Oh,
0: okay. You're going to see? All right. So he'll get dressed up to be in our apartment. I'm kidding. I'm going to be in my cute sweatpants. Maybe I'll wear white ones just for fun. Anyways. So I'm really excited that I have you here on the podcast because you, when it comes to daring yourself to do things and taking action before you're ready and doing things imperfectly just to get momentum going you're like the master at this and you always inspire me to take action before i'm ready in fact tell everybody what the tattoo on your arm says
1: start before you're ready well one of them the other one is a chinese symbol for determination
0: but he literally well we don't know if it's determination
1: it could be it's either determination or decision
0: yeah we're not quite So either one's good either one makes sense i
1: guess i don't know i got it and then i asked I even went to a Chinese food place and asked, do you guys know what this means? And they were like, they said it was determination.
0: Okay, so it's determination. And then the other arm says, start before you're ready. And I definitely, before I met Chris, I used to be the person that wouldn't start anything. I would just overthink everything before taking action on it over and over and over again. Like, I would just think about it and plan it and be so scared to do anything because I was so scared that if I failed or if I rocked the boat of my life in any way that everything would fall apart and it wasn't worth it. So with that mindset, nothing happened for me. Like, nothing good happened and nothing bad happened. Like, everything stayed the same.
1: I don't know about that. I mean, you took some big chances, like, with VH1 and Broadway and all that stuff.
0: I did, but I'm talking about the time between. There was a time oh. after I got back from doing. I, I was back from tour. I had finished my show on VH1. I was building my business. I was building a personal training business, a coaching business. And there was this this pocket of time there where I became somewhat successful. Like I was making six figures. I had a steady income. I had my own apartment in New York City. And you know, to to anybody else, I would have been like a successful person. But I was stuck in that good zone. I was like. Oh, making good money. I've got clients. But I was still trading dollars for hours. I was still having to show up and train people in person. Even though I got paid well, I still had to go from client to client to client. And I was kind of stuck in the hamster wheel. But I was too scared to break out of that. And you remember when I met you, you had to convince me.
1: Oh, my God. It drove me crazy. She used to go and train this one guy at like 4 a.m., and I was like, Jen, do you realize like this is not worth your time? And she's like, it's only one hour. And I was like, no, it's not an hour. It's you traveling there. It's you waiting. It's you getting ready. It's you doing the session. Then it's you traveling back, going, well, even like just the time in the elevator. like You have to think about all that stuff. And I think that we forget that. And you were thinking, oh, it's just one hour. But then when I was like, okay, it's really two hours plus – and I think that finally, that one example, that 4am that guy finally got through to you.
0: But here's the thing. Like I was still hesitant and resistant to canceling that. I, oh, I, know. I, I, I told you, I was like, all right, I'll do it by this date. And then I'll do it by this. Day. And I ne- I couldn't do it because I had this limiting belief in my mind that was, I think, imprinted in my brain from like my parents. and.
1: Oh, it was from your dad. My
0: dad, for sure. My dad loves me, but he just wants me to be safe. And, yeah. you know, he. it's like, oh, no, you've got a job. Like do you, why would you ever let go of your clients? This is the greatest gig ever. But I just wasn't allowing myself to see the amazing things that could happen as a result of me no longer doing that. Like, why was I thinking that that was, that was like the the cap where I was capped. I had this like limiting belief that I could do anything more than that. So I was so scared to get rid of that. So I remember the day that I called all my clients and I got rid of them was the scariest day of my life. (laughs) But you, you pushed me to do that.
1: Yeah. And then all of a sudden the next month, think you're making like 30 or 40 grand.
0: Yeah. I trip and
1: like, my. And, not, and working like it really was about five hours of work a week.
0: But I would have never known that that could have happened if I didn't take the risk. If I didn't start before I was ready, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen if I canceled these clients, but it forced me to figure it out. Because I canceled them, and then what did that do? That opened up opportunities for other things to come into my life, other (laughs) revenue-generating opportunities that I didn't even know existed, and I didn't even know how easy they could be.
1: It made the other lie that you were telling yourself was that, oh, these people are like my family; they're like my they're my friends, and I was like, once you're not working with them anymore almost none of them are going to be your friends. Like this is just, this is something that I've had to learn over and over in business, especially with people that like work for us or things like that. It's the, the idea that, okay, they're going to be friends for now. It, it really works that way. I think out of all the people that you train, there's one that maybe you're in touch with. And just because that's more of like a business thing.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right and I didn't want to I'm not I, I guess yeah, I was you're 100% right. You're right. I didn't want who else to believe are you? that. Like you when touch you're with? in it with people and you're it, it's it's true and I didn't want to believe it. I was like these people are like my friends, they really care about me. But,
1: they love me. Yeah,
0: and and I I still care about them. I mean if they ever reached out to me and like wanted, you know, to talk or whatever like I I I don't
1: no know. You was, wouldn't. Yes, they,
0: yes I do. They have a special place in my heart some of them. Maybe you don't even one know who they are.
1: One is I know who all them are. Oh, my
0: God. All right. So, anyways, I want to get some real tactical advice from you for my listeners right now about taking action before you're ready. And I want to talk about, since this is like the episode right before we get married, I want to talk about relationships. Because I know that before you met me, you were in a similar place of stuckness with relationships that I was with career. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to talk about that.
1: Yeah. So, I just had this belief from childhood, and I know exactly where it comes from. I one thousand percent. I was like nine years old. My father, for some reason, told me not to be in a relationship, and it, the, the, there's a long story behind it. But I just I took that on, and I said, "All right, I I'm not me. I'm not going to do relationships like." everyone else in my family would be in long relationships, all this. And I, it wasn't, that wasn't the case for me. And then, then I was married and it wasn't a good marriage. And, and, you know, I finally got out of that. And, uh, I, I still had this belief though, that, all right, I, and like that bad marriage, but made me believe it more was that I can't be in a successful, happy relationship. Like I can be in that for. A short period of time but that's it and so when i first got separated and then divorced like i didn't go crazy like dating people or anything like that like i literally i just focused on myself and what i mean is like i just started doing like all this work on myself and really just um you know that was it what was some
0: of the work that you were doing on yourself can you give some specific examples
1: Yeah, I just, I mean, I've read a lot. (laughs) When I say I did work on myself, like, I found lots of stuff to make me better as a person.
0: Give me some examples, because I know some people are actually listening. They're like, I want to be able to get myself out of this spot where I am keeping myself stuck. Like, what are some of the things that you did, Chris, to open yourself up to maybe being able to call a relationship in?
1: So that year... So I I books are really, really helpful for me in terms of helping me to do more work. So that year, one of the books that had a huge impact on me, and I actually, I sent you something of this the first time we met something from this book was that it's called the power of your subconscious mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy. And it's a book written in like 1950 or something like that. And it's just so powerful. Like it basically talks about just how powerful our subconscious mind is and you know, our conscious mind, the the thinking mind, thinks it's in charge, and it's not. The subconscious mind doesn't even think; it just and it's in charge of everything. Like it really, it, it it it's where everything comes from. Um, so that was one book, um, the game of life and how to play it by Florence Scovel Shin, this amazing woman as written like 1920s. But basically what those books are really about are just your, your mind and how powerful your mind is and how to use it. So I started looking at, or started thinking about how can I rewire some of um, my beliefs like that weren't serving me. I knew that that belief that I couldn't have a healthy, successful relationship wasn't serving me, but you know, when it's there that long from childhood, it's, you know, it takes a lot to overcome that. And I I still have to overcome that. Uh, And then, you know, eventually, I, you know, eventually, meaning like a few months later, I started doing work with a a friend of mine, uh, this guy Nadav, and who's a very close friend, one of my best friends. And he, you know, helped me to really, really rework like the, those inner beliefs as well. So like looking at, This, like, all right, I can't have a healthy, successful relationship or a happy relationship, whatever it is. And what's, like, behind that? And then what would be the opposite of that? And then how do we, like, how how do you kind of implant that into your subconscious rather than letting the other one just go?
0: I love that. And so then, so let's take it to, so you did the work with Nadav, and then all of a sudden – like we got connected. Yeah. Was there any limiting beliefs that started to come up when we initially like had that first walk in the park? Like after that day, that maybe we're trying to like. So no. Keep you from opening up, or
1: it was not just- after that day. So th- that's and this I think that's an important thing. Like for me, I always was good for the first month or two. Mm-hmm. Like I think that yep. that is, and even in our relationship, this was the case, and where like, all right, this, like the first month, it's so new. And everything, you, like, everything feels so good. And like, that, you know, you I me, mean, I was gonna say the other person, but in this case, you like makes you feel so good. And then, you know, that and that can be really good. But it can also be really unhealthy, because like, it's then covering up a lot of stuff, because of the other person. And, you know, for me, then what would happen is like, my upper limit around relationships would come in. So there's the upper limit problem, which is something that a guy named Gay Hendricks came up with in this book called The Big Leap. And it basically, it, it works for everything. It works for money. It works for relationships, but essentially says that you have a thermostat set from when the time you're a little kid, most likely that is set for your relationship for how much money you're going to make, how much uh, success, how much happiness you're going to have. So for me, what would happen is once I would get towards that, that, that ceiling of, you know, where I, where I felt like, all right, I can't, I shouldn't be this happy in a relationship. Something's wrong. My, I feel more comfortable if I don't have this, then that is, the, and that's where it would come in. And I think, you know, where that did, I, I remember specifically, with, like we were out to dinner or something and I just remember being in a relation uh, at a restaurant and being like wanting to get out of it and wanting, you know, even though like I knew that this was such a great relationship and that, you know, you are my person, but like, that's, that was scary to me. So like, I really Wanted to f- see how to get out of it, like because that's that was also my uh, mo. So either I could have like really dysfunctional relationships or really short, good relationships that then I just you know disappear, ghost the person.
0: So many people that would be sitting at, and by the way, I didn't know any of this about the restaurant thing. So <laughs> many people there, I don't even want to know because we're good now. So well, I don't, not. I don't, <laughs> Do I don't remember, remember which restaurant it was. <laughs>
1: It was somewhere in Columbus Circle. I think I do know. I don't know. But it was, I don't know the specifics, but I remember, like, I just remember how I felt inside. Okay. So
0: for the person that experiences
1: <laughs> that had nothing to do with you. Like, it wasn't. I
0: know. I know. Well, I, I know that. But many women would be sitting with a man like at this point in their relationship, like a month in. I've seen this happen so many times with my friends, people I know, people in our mastermind community have said things like this. Like when you're dating and it's like really hot and heavy for the first month and then all of a sudden the guy starts to pull away. I think this is normal. Or the woman starts to pull away or, you know, whoever starts to pull away after a month because that's when it gets scary. That's when you naturally start to self-sabotage because you're like, oh, it's getting too good. This person might leave me. This person might let me down. And then your brain does all these crazy things to try to get you to pull yourself out before the other person can hurt you. So you didn't pull out though. You didn't. And I want to know why not. And is there anything, a, a tool that you used, an affirmation, a book, an aha moment you had anything, or was it literally just, you willed yourself into not pulling out or you just love me so much. I don't know. Tell me.
1: Well, I think it was more, it wasn't an affirmation. It wasn't anything that, I did, I think it was more around you being a lot healthier and not, like, freaking out about stuff. And, yeah, I I, I think that was it more than anything, really, and, like, helping to reshape that. And, but, I I mean, but the thing is, like, even with all the work, even with you, like, you know my pattern is still, like, to – try to sabotage that like to not think like that I can just have a happy relationship all the time like I really you know that's like such an ingrained belief like that it it just it's like it's shocking to me and you know here's the thing like we have we've had I don't want it to sound like we have uh just it's always been easy after that moment or anything like that far from it we've had lots and lots of challenges and lots and lots of up and downs and I think it's easy to look at our relationship and you know see it on social media or like see us in person and be like oh my god they're you know a couple goals or whatever and um but there's a lot a lot of you know work that had to go into that and I think even you know it's like taken me four years and seven months to get to a point where or no you know four years and nine months to get to a point 10 months to get to a point where like you know I realized wow I can have like I can it can be like happy and it can be good um I'm not gonna say all the time but you know the vast vast majority of the time and it's like been that learning process for me almost
0: Yeah, and I think it's gonna be a learning process for the rest of our lives. I don't ever expect it. The thing is, is like someone asked me on an Instagram live this morning, like, what do you do, like when God forbid you're you're sad or you're mad or you're angry? Like, like that shouldn't happen. Like someone's they and then they said, I feel a lot of guilt and shame around being upset. And I I think it's completely and totally unrealistic to think that your relationship should be perfect all the time or everything should be happy and perfect all the time, because if it wasn't for contrast, then you wouldn't know how great it could be. Like if you didn't know and the growth comes from the tough times. So I think some of our toughest times were our most connecting times for sure, where we grew and connected deeper than ever. And when you prove to yourself that you can get through that tough time, stay, go through the discomfort and come out the other side. And when you can do that with a partner, that's what connects you deeper than anything. So I I say like, okay, it's a tough time. Let's embrace it. Let's lean into it and know that it's not forever, right? Discomfort's only temporary. It won't be forever. And if we can get through this to the other side, we're going to be stronger and better than ever. And I know for a fact that our most connecting moments were not the great moments. They were the bad ones. That's when we connected the most deeply, unfortunately. But of course, like the good moments are great and they're even better when you've experienced all the emotions together and you know that you can get through them, it's such a powerful thing and I'm I'm grateful for it all.
1: Yeah, same. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so let's, let's pivot a little bit because we work together and we're also in a romantic relationship and i've seen lots more of these partnerships being created lately because now we live in this world that's a little different everyone's working from home a lot more entrepreneurs are popping up it's absolutely fabulous but that means a lot of husband and wives partners are getting together in business and it's a question we get asked a lot like how do you create a relationship that is great in both aspects working together as business partners and also as life partners and we did not always get this right in the beginning. I think we kind of shit the bed in the beginning and I think we're still always learning and evolving how to work together, but I think we've gotten it to a pretty, a pretty great spot right now, but I'd love to hear like from your standpoint, what you think was the biggest mistake that we made in the beginning. And so somebody else cannot make that mistake. And then maybe one tip that you would give a couple starting to work together to have a successful relationship in love and in business.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if we shit the bed at the meeting. I, I think I'm thinking about it. And like, I think a big part of it was that we had the wrong people working with us that really. So that I think one of the biggest problems at the beginning was that, you know, there was people that thought that I became partners with Jen because she was my girlfriend. And I that was like the farthest thing from the reason, like the, the real reason was that I was like, we, we, I would travel, go to all these different places and Jen would always come with me and you know, she would crush it and without even being on, like on the team, like meaning she would like do great with sales and things like that, just helping me out. Like, and I knew also that, you know, you could be like the, the face, the star of the company and I, we had some really jealous people working with us at that time. And they, the, and I think that was the biggest problem to be completely honest. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that just, this is a complete side note, but is like when you have like people that are like cancers in your company or in your life, like the quickest thing you can do, the best thing you can do is cut them out. And, you know, every time I have not done that, you know, I've paid the price. So I think that that, you know, to be completely honest, was the biggest thing. But, you know, beyond that was that, you know, we can look at like the mistakes that we made was not getting really clear on roles from the beginning and, you know, who's going to do what, especially when we have very similar, um, you know, it wasn't like a, a partnership where like one person's like the. You know the, the the real tactical person or the technical person or like you can have a technical founder things like that you know jen and i are our, our styles and our skill sets are you know very similar in terms of the you know being more visionary and being good speaking and talking to people and doing things like that and you know more in the marketing side so You know from that point we had very very similar uh you know and we still do similar um uh you know skills so not getting clear on who was going to do what and was i think our biggest mistake
0: i agree I agree on both ends. Um, I still have some trauma related to some of the stuff that went down in the beginning of the business. But, like, listen, everything that happens happens for you. And I think there were so many lessons that I needed to learn. Uh, and so it, it, it was, like, almost like when you're pledging a sorority or fraternity. I mean, I just felt like like you have to go through, like, hell week or whatever to be, like, um, and, like, go through the shitstorm in order to get to the other side. And it made me like the leader that I am today. And I think I'm consistently learning how to be a leader. I didn't know how to be a leader at that time at all. And when I stepped into the company, I had no, I frankly, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. And I really didn't, uh, I was completely starting before I was ready and just going blindly. And that was good in a way. And that was really bad in a way, but I mean, it was good because I just started learning and I, I learned the hard way in a lot of ways. Cause there was a lot of situations that came around that really hurt and were really difficult and I had to learn the lesson by being slapped in the face by the universe and but I learned the lesson and I think that, that that was all really important and really like so for us now where we're at with our company and it's amazing team and like our the way that we work now with our roles very solidified and we know that you do certain things and I do certain things and it's like we don't even have to think about it or really ask each other it's kind of like I know that that's where you are and that's where I am and what I love about our our relationship now our working relationship and our love relationship is that there's no competitiveness at all. Like there's just like we're lift each other up and like I, you shine here and I shine there and we are just partners in that way. And so if I could give any advice to people in a relationship in work and in love is that you need to be your person's biggest fan. Like the number one president of the fan club and where they shine, you need to lift them up and let them shine their light really, really bright and just, and support them with every ounce of your being. And I think that that's so special and it could be so magical to work with your partner in business because you have like your best friend and your number one fan supporting you. And as long as like, you always have that, like, you know, that person always has your back and supports you in, in whatever your dreams and endeavors are. And will never, you know, will just always be your number one then it's a lot easier to be confident, to step onto stages, metaphorically and physically like that, you know, any kind of a stage when you know that your partner is supporting you no matter what, and they're your biggest fan. And also like you, Chris, you help me do hard things. You push me, you don't let me stay small you make sure that no matter, and I'll fight you tooth and nail sometimes when you try to tell, just like the personal training thing, Jen, you should do this. And then I I always have to like, put up a fight and say, no, I don't want to do it just to, just to put up a fight. But I always end up doing it and listening to you because I know that you want what's best for me. Um, But let's talk about one other thing that I think is a really uh, popular topic. And that's the idea of creating balance and work-life balance in the relationship
1: wait i just want to go back i think one thing that's important too for working together and all that and just like you said about competitiveness but it's like you have to remove your ego yeah. if you want it to work because so for me when i i knew that even though you hadn't really done any speaking, which is crazy, um, that I knew that you could be like better as the face of the company than I was. And, you know, for up until that point, like it was, and actually in, not even up until just that point, but you know, probably a year later or whatever, um, you know, I was the face that I was the people, per, person that people knew. And, you know, I spoke, did all these different things. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, all right, I'm going to gonna, I'm gonna help Jen to become that person instead. And because I know she'll be able to do it better. And, you know, that, but to do that, I had to like, you know, remove a lot of ego <laughs> because it, and I think that, you know, that, that was an important thing in terms of just things like making it work.
0: For sure. I, and that's something that I'm so grateful for every day. Like you- you could have been like, nope, this is my company. I want to be the face of it. But instead you just like completely lift me up and support me and let me shine. And that's like something that I don't ever take for granted. And I think it's so special. And that's like a secret sauce. Like you want to know secret sauce stuff, like let go of the ego and let your partner shine. And then therefore you're going to have a better relationship at the end, because if you have that ego or like that thing, that's like, no, I don't want to let them, you know, get that because that will make me smaller or something like that. And you're worried about yourself. Your partner is never going to be able to reach their full potential and they'll hold resentment. And we don't have that. And I'm so grateful for that. And that's something that helps us make it work. So if you're sitting here listening to this, I think that's that's a huge thing that not many people talk about that. I I want you to think about when it comes to really, and it doesn't even have to be in a romantic relationship, in any kind of business partnership, dropping the ego, removing that feeling of like, oh, what about me? What about me? Or like, if that person has something, it's going to take away from me. Instead of being on the competitive plane, being on the creative plane and knowing that the bigger that somebody else, the more that somebody else shines, the bigger that they get, the more opportunity they create for everybody else around them. And the more that they can inspire everybody else around them and the more they can open up doors for everyone else around them someone getting successful doesn't take anything away from you and when i was an actress i lived in this land where it was like oh my god if one of my friends got the part in a show like it was immediately it meant that there was no parts for me and uh, we would like hate each other for months it it was ridiculous but a lot of people live in that mindset and uh, if you're listening to this right now then you're someone that's exploring a different mindset. And I implore you to step into it a little bit more, especially if you are in a relationship with your work and life partner. So wait, let's, so we, we don't believe in this thing called work-life balance, or I know I don't necessarily believe in work-life balance because it just doesn't work for us. Like separating the whole thing. Like, look, we're in the car right now and we're, recording a podcast, but this is work-life integration because not only are we recording, creating content, which is our job, but we're having a conversation too. That's kind of fun and connecting. So we're doing work and life in the same time. And I love that. And I think it's okay for us to, if you are that person that really just loves what you do, And you feel guilty when you're not having quote-unquote work-life balance because somebody on the internet told you that you needed to have work-life balance and you needed to separate work and life and it doesn't make you happy and you're doing it because you feel like you should. Could you just give yourself permission to allow yourself to just love the game of working and, like, be okay with talking about work on your date night if that's what you want to do? I'd love to hear your opinion on this.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. There's – I mean I have no work-life balance and I don't think anyone really does – and I don't think that's like exclusive to entrepreneurs or whomever. Um, you know, I think that if you are somebody that's like pushing yourself and really won't, your career is important to you. And I think that you're not going to have that. It's, and that's okay. I think like understanding that is like so important.
0: Yeah. I think it's. It's giving yourself permission for – it's okay if you – Gary Vaynerchuk says all the time, he's like, I love the game. Like, I don't ever not want to be playing the game. That's, like, my – that's what I love to do. So if that's what you love to do, like, you know, we'll be on vacation and we'll – we won't be, like, on our phones the whole time, but we'll be – envisioning what we want for our future. And we'll be like thinking about different ideas for our company. And, and that's fun. And that's what like turns us on. And that's what we like to do together. So we we're we not like, Oh, we can't talk about work right now. Then what the hell would we talk about? It'd be pretty boring. <laughs> like, we like to talk about work. It's fun. So let's end this. I just want to ask you, Chris, if you, I don't know, any last thoughts when it comes to somebody that's listening to this right now. And they're like, in 2023, I want to have the best, most successful year yet. And I want to manifest whatever word you want to use. If that's too woo for you, create the opportunities of my dreams this year. What would be the advice you give to them? Because you have created the life of your dreams, I know, and I know you're still getting there, but you've really, really done an unbelievable job of building what it is that you want. So I want to hear personally, and I know that someone sitting here listening probably wants to hear. What's the advice that you would give them?
1: a mm. Good question. So I would start by getting this book called The Science of Getting Rich. And this book was written in nineteen ten by again named Wallace D. Waddles. And that book really changed my life because that was like if you've any Law of Attraction book, or you know, Think and Grow Rich, or The Secret. The Secret was based on her reading this book. Like she never says it, but this is this is the book that it was. And it basically, like I had to read it twenty times before it really made sense to me. Luckily, it's only a hundred pages, but I that book really just changed how I how I think of things and. So I'd start with reading that book because it's going to show you how powerful your mind is. It's going to teach you about gratitude. It's going to teach you about all these different things that, you know, are basically essential to having a rich life. It's not, you know, when it says the science of getting rich, it sounds like a kind of a weird spammy name, but it's about having a rich life. And part of that obviously includes money, but the, it's also, you know, all these other things. So that would, that's where I would start and after that i would just get clear on my goals so i mean jen has this amazing process that we do every year when we go to this resort in mexico and we just do this like for i don't know a couple of days and it's the she calls it the best year blueprint and you can get that i think it's in her links um on her instagram or whatever but that that Really, like, basically the, the main thing, like, if you don't go and download it, is just getting clear on what your goals are and then stretching past that. So one of the things like that, whenever our mastermind people are asking a question about how, you know, what should I charge for this or, you know, how do I create an offer and then, you know, what should I charge? And my my advice is always, all right, write down what it is, write down... You know what your price is and then double it and because almost always people shortchange themselves and you know the same thing can happen with goals you're going to shortchange yourself most likely you're going to think that oh no i can't attain that or i can't do that so i would ask you whatever like you feel comfortable with then go past that what's the stretch past that so write that down and then you know the the main thing is like taking action you know the start before you're ready is not just like a cool saying or anything like that it's like just take it basically means take action like I, i'll get take action tattooed on the other uh arm because i think that's really what it comes down to and i think a lot of times people will do some of this stuff and then just be, and then it doesn't come fast enough the whatever like the the result is whatever the goal is And then, you know, you just give up. And I think that consistency and following through and continuing to take action, even when it's hard, even when it's, you know, you're getting rejected, whatever it is, I think that that's the key. I think that's the the difference maker. And I know that it's not easy. And I I know that, you know, I've given up at different times and, you know, or not stretched myself far enough. But I think that's really what comes down to. And you have to continually take action over and over again.
0: I love that so much. So this podcast is called the I Dare You Podcast. And it's all about that. It's all about taking action. And at the end of every podcast, I give my audience a dare. And I would like to hear from you, what is a dare that you're going to take? What's a dare that you're going to dare yourself to do?
1: Wow. it it, is
0: it can be anything it can be big or small because the dare of the day is just to initiate like you getting consistent with taking action when you're scared so it's like the first thing that comes to your mind that you know you need to do that you're keep putting off or or you don't really want to do and you know in your heart and like when you think about it your belly does a little backflip and you're like shit i don't really don't want to do that it could be anything like so small to calling someone that you you know you need to call making that phone call or like you know sending that email or like turning in your book like i'm doing today like what is your dare for today for you your dare of the day it has to Come from you because essentially it comes from your subconscious mind, and you have to just let it be the first thing that comes to mind when you say, "All right, what's something that I need to dare myself to do today?"
1: I'll give you kind of a spoiler or sneak. We're going to be doing a completely different event in twenty twenty three. So we, our company was basically born out of this event called Unfair Advantage Live, and we did that in New York City. um, I guess ten or eleven times, and unbelievably successful event financially but most importantly like the that what happened to people it was just unbelievable but what we wanted to do was like all right we've done this we've done it really really well we don't want to just be that you know do the same thing over and over just because it's comfortable and feels good so with this new event which is going to be bigger and which there's so many unknowns and I think for me, one of the big things is just like getting it to where we have a, like my dare would be like getting a landing page up, um, just something even simple. I love that. So yeah. And I mean, that, that sounds really, really dumb. Like, oh my God, you just have to get a landing page up. But to me, I think it's more about the overall action because there's like a lot of uncertainty and um, around this because I've never done anything like this and you know, so when you've never done anything, it's all uncertainty, right? And with uncertainty comes fear, comes, you know, it's easy to ha- have that become inaction. So I think the action is just to get something, even if it's just like a, like a waiting list or, you know, something like that. Um, but to get that up and so that it really becomes real.
0: Sometimes it really is just that, though, the dare, you know, to get that one thing to make it official. Like, oh, shit, it's, it's only in your mind and nobody knows about it. It's safe. But once you get that landing page up, it's official. So it's not really like the technical getting a landing page up. No. It's the it is the act of having that landing page up. And now you're you're in like you're in, you're doing it. It's going to be an amazing event. Okay. Well, this was an amazing car ride. Um, what a great interview. If you loved this episode, please share it with somebody that you think would love it too. Just send them a little text message with the link. Say here, listen to this. And you can also share it on your stories on Instagram. And I always want to hear what your dare of the day is. What are you daring yourself to do to step a little bit outside your comfort zone and into your best life? I'll give you one more dare, or I'll give you one dare, because I haven't given you a dare yet. I asked Chris what his dare was, but your dare is to go in the show notes. I want you to go download my free guide, The Best Year Blueprint. It is a totally free guide and video, and there will be an opportunity to come join us for an event to plan out your very, very best year yet. A free
1: online event.
0: Yeah, it's a free online event. It's all free. Uh, Your best year yet in 2023. We're pretty damn good at this. We've been doing it for a while. We've got lots of practice, lots of great results from this specific strategy. It is the strategy that we do, and we want to invite you to do it with us. So I dare you to go into the show notes, go grab that free guide free pdf and then sign up for the free workshop where we'll be taking you through it i hope to see you there and thanks again for listening to the i dare you podcast see you next time bye thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the i dare you podcast i'm so grateful you chose to spend this time with me but i'm even more grateful for your future self that you are building one dare at a time so my first dare for you is to subscribe to the show and then share it with a friend who you think needs to step a little bit more outside their comfort zone and into their best lives. They'll thank you for it. I'll see you next time on the I dare You podcast.